Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. My name is Ian Eisenberg here in New York, where we speak about the relationships that people have with their parents and their kids, past and present when it comes to music. Along with me is my co-host here, Mr. Jay Logan. Now, where is Jay Logan? Coming up shortly here on this wonderful show. My question is, what is the music that you listen to and because we had Mother's Day this past week. That's what we'd like to know. Okay, here he is, Mr. Jay Logan. Hello, Jay. Hey, Ian, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm all right here on this wonderful Wednesday here in this wonderful place I call New York. And thank you for joining us, Jay. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm out here. It's kind of freezing out here, Ian. Uh, we had some great weather. And today it was raining, raining this morning, and now it's overcast. So that's the weather for out here. It's not as warm and you as I usually some, black. You lose some. Uh, pardon me, Ian. What did you say? I said you win some, you lose some. You can't always have it perfect outside. Ah, oh, I didn't know that. That's new information. Wow. Well, I guess you're right because we lose some today. We lose some. <laughs> Absolutely. So. So we're sharing on sharing before you joined us that we talked about the relationships that people have with their parents and their kids when it comes to music. And I know that Mother's Day was this past Sunday, and did you do anything um, special um, to, to commemorate that day and with your family? Oh, yes. Uh, this Mother's Day was a blast. Um, my whole family, we have a I have a family. We, we call we like the little partridge family. So um, I have cousins and sisters, and, um, and 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 we all got together, all nine of us, the cousins, and we performed a song by Celine Dion called "The Prayer," and we dedicated that to all the mothers and all the kids for Mother's Day, and uh, it came off really, really well. We got a standing ovation. And all the people in the church and the community loved it. It was a great day. Mother's Day was a, a great day. So we, I had such fun. Actually, that song was really hard to play in because so, it has these three different movements. But it turned out and it worked out. We only had one day of rehearsal. And, we, you know, like you say, you win some and you lose some. Well, Saturday we won. <laughs> Excellent. 
perfect. That is that is great that you're able to celebrate the holidays with your families and that you can, as you said, it was a musical thing, and that is amazing that you, you're able to handle that and do that. Yeah, it was fun. Jelena, my daughter, led. Uh, she started the song off first. So everybody in the church, they hadn't got a chance to hear her sing. But this is her first debut in our church as a singer, and the congregations were, they were shocked. And so, you know, so, was, so was I, because she was real strong. She sounds great. Uh, wow. So that was wonderful to see her. And then my other my other cousin, she plays flute, so we had a flutist. And then her brother plays drums. And then Mikhail, she sung. And then her sister sung. And then my sister's daughter sung. She plays flute, and she's an opera singer. So we had everybody, our whole family was there, you know, uh, celebrating Mother's Day. So it was a great day, and so... I, I guess I got a musical health of uh, maybe a B plus, you know, because I got everybody together to do music and encouraged everybody to do uh, the song, the prayer. So it was wonderful. <laughs> that was a great day, you know. That sounds just amazing with such a musical family. <laughs> yeah. Now, 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 what was the now what was like the largest gathering you've ever had with your fam with family where you all sang together or performed music together? Yeah, that might be that might you might you, you might got something, Ian. I think that was the largest because um, this uh, the new cousins and stuff. They just now started to play music, and um, all of them are going to UC Berkeley and to the uh, wow. program up there. And then some of them are going to uh, sing opera at at uh, Michigan. Uh, the well, the oldest one is going to she has a scholarship to sing opera at Michigan. Uh, in at Michigan University, so there's uh, this great. That's the largest we ever we've ever uh, as far as the whole family been together singing together as a unit. So wow, that's so like it was a record breaking weekend for you and your family. <laughs> it was a it was a record. Now that you said, and, and as you said, with people with everyone going to programs and going to schools and going to these. These high-profile, highly recognized um, musical schools and programs that, who knows, maybe you'll have even more people next year. Right. And we, we probably will. And I, I think I'm going to start some kind of program at the church where I can teach the young people how to play band instruments. That's the uh, next thing I'll be trying to do there. And so, you know. That's that is actually just finding all different, I mean, just realizing that music isn't just limited to one different thing. It's not just limited to popular music or limited to some, limited to what you're singing in school, that there's the band instruments. I mean, there's concert band, there's marching band, there's orchestras. There's so many different ways, there's so many like different musical experiences that people, children and adults can have. Right, right. And as, as um, it, it, you know, music is a wonderful thing. Um, one kid said, "Music is everything." Uh, they said, "Music is everything to me," and she said, "It's the way to express how I feel." And and hello, Jay. I, you know, Jay Logan, 
and just music is everything and just finding a way for music to just be this source of expression is something that is very much a powerful thing. What I'm going to do right now is see that we've lost Jay, but Jay can call us back in here on Parents Kids Music. And today we have a very special guest. Um, we're just waiting for him to call in as he'll be sharing his own musical experiences today and also just growing up and the role that music's played in his life as a child and also today as well. Here it is here in on parents kids music. But meanwhile let's see if Hello, Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Hello? 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 Hello, and are you all here? Yes, thank you. Yes. Hello, Jay, are you there? Yes, I am. All right, you know what? It's been a technical difficulty here, right, here at Parents Kids Music. It's one of the things with the oh. connections to the phones and everything. Well, you know what, Jay, I think our first guest is here. Let's bring him on. Hello, okay. Monroe, are you there? Yes, hello. Hello, can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Can you hear me? I can, I can. Perfect. Excellent. Wow, it's been a long time. Monroe, man, how are you? It's it's good. It has been a long time. <laughs> Things have been over the years, over the many, many years. Decades. Decades, Monroe. Monroe, let me introduce you to Jay Logan. I'm Jay. Meet Monroe. Hi, Monroe. Hello, Jay. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Glad to have you on the show. I'm glad to be here. Thanks a lot. <laughs> right. So, so thanks for joining us. So, um, so I'd like to ask you a little bit about your musical background and how it's led to what you're doing today. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, basically, I originated this concept of raw rock, which is it sounds just like it sounds raw rock rock motivational. It's motivational rock and roll coupled with my motivational speaking. And 
I, uh, you know, briefly, I've, I've been a motivational speaker for many years, and I've also been a musician. And in the last two years, I decided, hey, why don't I cross-promote them by combining them? So I'm, whenever I speak, I bring my guitar. Whenever I play my music, I'm also doing speaking between the songs. And so it's a unique concept, and uh, it's, it's working pretty well. Excellent. What were your musical influences as a child? As a child, what were, what, what, back at back at like King Street School type of thing. I, I mean, like, 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 like your first experience of music being um, introduced by your parents and going beyond then. But yes, that school that's actually on Upland Street, not actually King Street, but yes. <laughs> uh, I think uh, my mom's an opera singer and and a classical pianist and so I definitely grew up with her constantly just from day one playing uh, playing and listening to music with my mom and uh, and she she actually introduced me to a lot of rock and roll too things like the Doors and the Beatles and the Beach Boys way back uh when I was a kid and so I got a very interesting musical education because I had both these classical operatic Influence on one hand, and then also the the rock and roll influence. So she, I think she did a good job of opening up my mind to a whole bunch of of different styles. And of course, I was in I was in band and played trumpet in fourth grade with Ken Kraut at King Street School. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. And then as as you had grown and as got older, like um, what is it that what is it? The, what is the music that really just stuck with you? Like, what are the, what are the things you don't listen to anymore? What are the things, even, in fact, you might be embarrassed of? Uh, you know, I'll tell you. I'll tell, instead, of, I'll, I'm going to change the question slightly because what pops sure. in my mind is instead of what would I be embarrassed to, I'd say, what music do I like that other people I think are embarrassed to, or, or that sometimes maybe I'm embarrassed to say I like, if that makes any sense. Sure. Uh, I'm actually I'm a huge fan of Hanson. I'm a big fan of like this candy pop type of stuff, like Hanson. Uh, I love that song Mbop and and some of their other tunes. I when I was in Iraq, I listened every day in the Humvees to Hillary Duff and Avril Lavigne and Gwen Stefani and I'm trying to think of uh, some of those other uh, Christina Aguilera type of thing. And I think a lot of people are surprised when they hear that I actually like that type of music. And uh, so I wouldn't say I'm embarrassed about it, but it sometimes makes people go, "What? You like Hanson? You so?" But I, I kind of my whole philosophy is, is if you like the music, you like the music. I don't really care what other people are gonna, what people think about me. If I you know, I like to rock out to what I like to rock out to. That sounds good. Hey Jay, do you have any questions for Monroe? Yeah, Monroe. Could you explain some of the things you were saying earlier about music and speaking? What do you mean by that? You would music and then you speak and sure. Kind of mm-hmm. There's a. So how does, I do. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I just want to oh. know how that, how that works. So. It's, uh, last night I, I taught a, uh, a, a work seminar at AFTRA, which is the TV Actors Union in Manhattan. And uh, the topic was the science of stardom. And so I, I do these motivational speeches, and it's uh, with me and my energy, and I go around, and I, I'm basically, maybe like 40 people came to it, all AFTRA members, and uh, they came to learn how to become more successful on their road to the top. And so what I usually would do is just just speak. But I realized that I have an audience of 40 people here. Why why am I not making them fans of my music as well? 
particularly since my music is rather inspiring. And so a while back, I thought, let me try to start bringing my guitar to these events. And so when I, I got everybody sat, everybody sat down, and they welcomed me and introduced me. Instead of just starting to speak, I opened up the whole seminar with me singing and uh, playing a song from my album, The Sun Is Always Shining Somewhere. That was the name of the song. And so, like, at these Tony Robbins seminars, they often do these types of – they do their own type of thing to get everybody riled up and excited where everybody, all right, everybody stand up, everybody do this, or fire walking or coal walking, whatever it may be. My shtick, I guess, you could, is that I open up the seminars with music and I end the seminars with music. And I found, I, I honestly got my, they always do ratings. of every All the attendees have to rate my performance as a speaker. And I found it interesting that yesterday, this is the first time I did it at After with music, they gave me the highest ratings Ever that I've ever gotten there, and I was just blown away because I, I was—it's always—it's a risk. What I'm doing is—it's—it's it's a, a unique thing. Nobody, no one else is doing music with speaking, and I'm excited that it's working and that it's being receptive. And now I have 40. Not only do I inspire them as a speaker, but I've got 40 fans of my music now as well. And uh, so I, that's kind of what I. The lesson I, I tell people is you've got to synergize your projects. I think too many people separate their business life from their personal life or they separate their various business ventures because they don't want to mix them, and I think that's foolish. Time is short, and you should try to cross-market everything that you're doing. You know, that's very interesting. Um, I, I myself have been experimenting with a thing called speech music. And this is why I was interested in what, you, what you're doing, and you're absolutely right. Uh, we found out that in tests and things we've done in school, if we add music to the curriculum, the kids retain 80 to 85% of the lesson learned. And that's exactly what you're doing with, uh, with ASTRA. And for those of you out there that don't know who ASTRA is, it's the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. And everybody usually, when they go into the studio, they have to become a member of ASTRA. So for the listening audience, that, that doesn't know who after is, they're a very important part of television and radio. And uh, usually when a professional is recording an album on a professional level or doing anything on radio, you have to become a member. So you're really doing big things there, Monroe. And, and like I said, um, the speech music stuff we do, we've been able to take uh, the president's speech. Uh, we've took, we've took uh, Martin Luther King's speech. We applied it to music. We've took uh, Kennedy's President Kennedy's speech, and we add music undertones, and we emphasize on certain aspects of what the speaker is speaking about and add effects and delays to bring out uh, certain points that the speaker is speaking about. So I am so proud of you, what you're doing, Ro. That's, that's, uh, that just proves that what, <laughs> that just proves that what I'm doing is right, and you just proved it, that it really works. And it, I would love to catch one of your uh, uh, one of your. Well, your topics when you when I if I'm ever in New York, I think that's great. Absolutely, I'd love to have you, and uh, I, I agree with what you say. I think it's it's interesting. As soon as I brought the guitar out, everyone like jaws dropped with smiles, and it was just like it was like, oh my god, that's so cool! He's gonna play music, and it's true. It got everybody into the the great spirit of it, and everyone was looking forward to the fact that I was going to play another song later. So I think what you're doing as well is key. I think the more we bring music and integrate it with uh, whatever the educational message is, it's going to be more successful. What I'd like to do ultimately is bring what I'm doing to the corporate world. I'm very good at helping 
companies with marketing and sales and but those things I mean those seminars are often boring. How great if I could come in and and do the same type of rah rock seminar there where I do the speech but it's also interspersed with fun music so the executives feel like they're actually having an entertainment show rather than a boring seminar on how to in- increase your sales numbers for two thousand eleven. Well, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Um, I think that's great, and I think that's something that should be done. And I, I hope you get an opportunity to do that in, in a corporate setting, because you know who wants to look at spreadsheets and just talk about spreadsheets? You know, so you know you can you can make the spreadsheet fun, and you can also make it serious where they can they're, they're learning because they remember half of the things that you're talking about when they leave the meeting. <laughs> Most of the time, people like they get bored and get sleepy, and that music. It does. It stimulates your mind, so you can retain more information, and that's the key there. And uh, well, I guess maybe when corporate America realized that you need music to uh, to introduce uh, topics and new things, and it helps people to retain information, maybe they'll they'll use you. That'd be great. So that's one question I had for you. Um, the other question I wanted to know: like, do you have any brothers and sisters that you know when you were growing up, and did you guys fight over the radio? You know, that's one thing me and you know, always ask. You know, do you have any? Or did you fight over the radio with your parents? You know, what station were going to listen to as you got older? Do you mean fight with them in terms of which station we're going to listen to? <laughs> which station or which record or CD or 8-track? I don't know how old you are. Yeah, I think that, whatever. That, that constantly <laughs> with my sisters and I would fight with my mother. Some days she was in the rock and roll mode and she didn't mind. But when she was not in the rock and roll mode, it's, it was we had to listen to classical music or opera. And okay. It, it, some and, and sometimes I'm in the mood for classical and opera, but it always happened that when typically when I'm driving I prefer rock and roll, and maybe when I'm studying mm-hmm. or something or just sitting relaxing, we're always in the car and my mom is just furious, furious about uh, about us. Playing. Oh, I don't want to hear this gutter music. Why is this rock and roll? And then like weird, it's like then a week later she's rocking out to the Doors, and I'm thinking, hmm. Interesting. I, it, I find it interesting that our, our everyone's tastes change depending on our environment and the time of day and what we're going through. And oh, you know, it reminds me of a funny story. When I was a kid, there was a. Do you guys remember this TV show, Steampipe Alley? Oh, uh-huh. yep. A long, long yep, time yep, ago yep, with uh, yep, Mario Cantone. Years, years before <laughs> Sex and the City. I think, and I think it was when we were in elementary school. Uh, yeah. They had this contest where you had, and he said, "I want you to send in your most embarrassing moment." And so I wrote up a letter. There was no internet at the time, no email, which is so hard to believe looking back. I actually wrote out the letter and sent it in the mail. And it was a letter saying my most embarrassing moment was when I was at Finest. There used to be a supermarket called Finest uh, in Portchester where I grew up. (coughs) And my mom would go through the aisles with me singing opera at the top of her lungs. And I just wrote that. I was so embarrassed. Like, Ma, please stop. Please stop singing the opera. Please stop singing the opera. And uh, I ended up winning the contest. And uh, I was so excited because I, I, won this, I won this motorized, I don't know if you, I'm sure you remember these two, the motorized water pistols. Looked like, it looked like an orange a, mini AK-47. And when I got it in the mail and I won and I saw Steve McDowell and the winner is Monroe Man. Uh, I was probably maybe eight, eight years old or something like that, nine years old. I was... <laughs> I was on top of the world because I won the Steam Pipe Alley Embarrassing Moment Contest. Well, see, that means that your mom's vocal cords came in handy, and that, that's great. You know, you absolutely, absolutely. You, you, you turned lemon into lemonade. That's what I'm talking about here. <laughs> I mean, you made it into something. So, 
Well, you, you know, that was good. Um, so my question, did you ever go with your mom to any um, concerts or operas or, you know, enjoyed any of that, that coming up as a kid? Yes. I, 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 she, my mom's a really good opera singer, and so I, I actually, I've gone to see her, her do a lot of performances, and and she's taken me to various various uh, operas here and there, like in Philadelphia and Boston, and uh, in New York, and it ended up with, uh, you know, I just I just really became a, uh, enamored by it too. There's some opera that's really just terrible and I don't like it, but there are some operatic ballads, and I don't know if you'd call it a ballad in opera, but whatever it is, I'm like the, all the stuff from Carmen, the Toreador song. And mm-hmm. the Anvil Chorus, and so like the, some of the, the the melodies from La Traviata, they're just they are just beautiful and, and gorgeous. And I, I think too many people just think opera and think boring, fat old women singing Viking stuff and in Viking helmets. And really, there's that, some of it is like that, but a lot of the stuff is just fascinating, really good drama and good a good show and. And just the music makes you want to, you know, stomp around and have a good time. Wow. Well, see, that's, that's what I'm talking about. I'm, um, I, I, as far as, did you ever participate in any of the, the operas with her or no? Not with her. My my younger sister did. She was in, in a, when she was a little baby, two years old, she played the baby in Madame Butterfly with, when my mom was in that opera. And I myself, I've, I've been in a couple operas at, at New York City Opera, not as a singer, but as an actor, they have these roles called supernumeraries, where they're they're uh, uh, the non-singing roles in the in the operas. And so I was actually in maybe four operas uh, at New York City okay. Opera back in 1999 wow. and 2000. And that was a that was a great experience. And just coming out on the stage with I don't know however many people are actually in the in the in Lincoln Center. I mean, the place is huge. It must be I don't know. Five thousand people or so is it's quite an experience. That's did, an did, you get to see the, did you get to see the three tenors? Um, did I get to see the what? The four tenors? No, no, I, I, I didn't see them live. I, I just like most most folks, I just saw them on uh, on video, television, YouTube, things like that. Wow, that's that's very yeah, wow. <clears throat> Yeah, but bringing where are you, where are you guys located? You guys, where, where, where right. up in Ryebrook? Well, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm in Westchester, and and Jay and Jay, Jay, where are you? I am in lovely San Francisco, California. Lovely, lovely, very nice. <laughs> That's where I am, Marole. <laughs> and where are you exactly? Because <laughs> you said, where are you at? Me, I'm, right now I'm in, in Port Chester. Oh, okay. Which is which is Westchester, where 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 I grew up. I've been around the okay. world, and now I've come back to uh, come back to my roots. <laughs> so, and so do, uh, do, you have, iPod, do you What's have that? any uh, technology? Do you have any technology like iPads, iPod, uh, any kind of music? Oh yeah, I've got, got all those things. I've got a got an iPod, iPod Touch. And you know, I do editing uh, for my movies and, and the music videos and things. The final on um, Final Cut. Actually, if your listeners are interested and they want to get inspired, they can go to uh, YouTube, 
youtube.com slash my name slash Monroe Man, and they can watch the video for The Sun is Always Shining Somewhere we shot down in Florida in March. It's a, it's a really good video, and, and it definitely will make, make, your, make, you, la- make you smile and uh, feel better about what you're, whatever situation your life may be in. But definitely, uh, you know what's interesting about technology is just find it's a blessing and a curse. It's, it's, uh, it's wonderful what it's, what it's allowing all of us to do. At the same time, it's, I feel like it's made everything, it's made life so fast. And, and right. everyone's patience has been, has, has deteriorated. And if you don't respond to some, and I'm not even criticizing anybody. It's me too. I send a text to somebody. And if, right. if, like, if they don't get back to me in five minutes, sometimes I'm thinking, what the heck? What the heck's wrong? What's going on? And it, wow, it's like it used to be like, when you just had home phone numbers, you called. If they didn't pick up, it, you didn't know where they were. Maybe the answer is they're not in their house. Now you, with yeah. cell phones, because you can carry them with you, it's sort of you bec- everyone becomes very, very en- entitled to quick responses and very entitled to instantaneous gratification, myself included, and I hate it because it causes problems with relationships. And I, uh, What are your guys' thoughts on that? I agree. I agree with your technology has sped things up to where people cannot really be, you know, you, you used to could, like, watch a TV program and you would wait around to next week to the next uh, episode. Now, you know, you can see them all on YouTube all together as one thing or – you know, you can order them, and it's just technology has sped everything up, like you said, that uh, you can't really live anymore. You don't have time to really appreciate your time, you know. Um, people, I don't think it should be a law that you have to answer your cell phone every time somebody calls you. I mean, you know, you should be able to get back with them. You do have an answering service there, and you should, you know, people should, I think sometimes people should do things in sequence instead of trying to do everything in multicast all at one time. So I agree with you. I, I technology has, has some good things about it. And then the other thing about it is you need to sometimes go out to the wilderness and, to, and see the world and see lakes and see nature's course and, and, re, and respect what God has done. So, yeah, that's my uh, – so that's you, Ian. I think it's really Absolutely. about just like anything else that you can enjoy and some other things that are great, like you use them in moderation. I like ice cream. I, I'll have an ice cream Sunday every so often, but if that's the only thing if I ate 24-7, I'd be fat. So it's just like that with you. Like, I love the fact that it's there, but at the same time, it's like the communicate, digital communication should not replace the actual meeting people in real life, and having real relationships other than just text messages and just being friends with people on Facebook. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. It's pros and cons to everything. Absolutely. So, so what, going back to what you're doing, and also as you said, like you, I know that you've used YouTube and using technology to get your music and your films and your media across. How do you see the internet as be as being this distribution form where it goes beyond just the old models of signing up a record label or be getting your show on a major television channel? Well, if I understand the question correctly, is I think the Internet, again, it's 
the whole, just what we were talking about before, it's a blessing and a curse. I, I think it's wonderful and it's a great equalizer in that before it was a mat, it was in a matter of just producing it. You, you, a lot of people produce things, but they never saw the light of day. Or I think now with with YouTube and, and iTunes and CD Baby and all of these, distribution has become very, very easy. And that's a great thing because it means there's no excuse for you can't say I, I couldn't get it out to people. Well, yes, you can. I think now though what it's created though is it's it's made marketing far more important than it ever has been. Uh, years ago, you know, think of, <clears throat> years ago, if you fin- like 15 years ago, if you finished if you actually finished a feature film, a feature film being one that's longer than 70 minutes, basically any movie length that, like you would see in a movie theater. The technology was so was not there. You actually had to shoot it on film, on 35 millimeter film. <laughs> you just spend hours in a dark room splicing the, the 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 film and cutting it together, and hours and hours. And <clears throat> if you made mistakes, then you had to tape it back together. It was just terrible. The resulting a it's so expensive, and b it was time consuming. Most people didn't have the money to do it, and if they did have the money, it took forever. The end result, most of the projects never got finished. So if you had a finished feature film, immediately you had cash cachet value. Immediately people would want to talk to you. And now, because of nonlinear editing, which is stuff like Final Cut Pro, where all the editing is done on computer, and you can shoot the film for less than a thousand bucks because you've got digital cameras that cost so little money and the digital media you can keep recording over and downloading. Now everybody and their brother is not only making a feature film, but editing it and it's done so today they're not only is it done but they can post them on the internet so the marketing now it's it's not really that special if you finish the feature film it's not that special if you edited a feature film it's not even special if you put it online because you're just one of a million people now who've done that in let's say this given year and i think that's how that's how it's it's changed things. It's it's helped everybody in that we can all now do a feature film, or even uh, even let's say even something like Blog Talk Radio, which is, is a, through the internet, and that allows more people to create radio shows. Whereas before it was so limited by the, the bandwidth of of the AM stations, the talk radio stations. Well, now it's unlimited bandwidth because of the internet. Which is great. It allows more shows to be on the lo- online, but now the competition is is, is stiff. And I'm sure uh, both you, Jay, and you, Ian, realize that that you've got the great Absolutely. show, you've got the platform, but it's it's harder now to. And how do you set yourself apart from the competition? And that's how I feel like with the, when you talk going about music. I've got my album, Get Off Your Ass. It's on iTunes. It's on CD Baby. It's it's on Amazon. All that. And my music video is on YouTube. That's great and that's wonderful. But so is everybody other other album. So is everybody else's music video. So that's where the, the key comes in. It's not so much the content anymore. It used to be the content was 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 king. Now I feel like it's marketing is king because you've got to somehow get through the clutter and make people say, "Hey, of the five million radio shows or of the five million music videos, I'm going to watch that one." Right. Absolutely, and and just like in any other things, it's a matter. It's not even so much of a matter of okay, I've got this particular marketing plan, and this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to get people. 
I mean, so many things just happen by accident. Like, I know, like, I don't know, a few, a few weeks ago when we were originally talking about you being on the show, like, it was just like when the whole Rebecca Black thing just came out and came out of nowhere. Absolutely. Out of nowhere. And <laughs> I think that's a good thing. I think it's a positive thing in some ways. I know a lot of people are pissed off that she succeeded in three weeks when with a crappy $2,000 video, and here I, I've been doing it for 20 years, and I'm so much better than her. And it's like, guess what? It doesn't matter how good you are. That's not what it's about. <laughs> right. It's yeah. about not the marketing the and, and the fact that, yeah, and, and people say, oh, maybe she doesn't even have that many fans. I say, excuse me, even if she has 10 million people who hate her, those are 10 million fans. Because I don't think it matters. In what, I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think it matters whether people love or hate you. It matters whether people are aware of you and have an opinion. And that's what people had. They had such a huge opinion of Rebecca Black that they, I think that's the funniest thing. I think these, all these haters that are so upset about what happened don't realize that they're the reason that it happened. I mean, how is they attribute a lot of the success to that same exact thing? <laughs> this, video, this video is terrible <laughs> And pass it to all their friends So I say guess what You the person who hates her the most Are the reason why she's a, a star right now You've got to be careful when you criticize people Because if you criticize people that, And you genuinely don't want them to succeed You're actually doing them a great favor Because you are keeping the buzz alive about them and so what, when I see, what, I've got lots of haters like online. And, and exactly. Or, or, or any, any public figure, really. I mean, everyone, Obama, George Bush, Sarah Palin, everyone's got critics. And I think the more – there's a lesson there to be learned, too. The more controversial you can be, the better, because it's going to get people talking. And I, uh, for the longest – I have a whole bunch of hate websites that people have put up about me on the Internet. I don't know why. Wow. Uh, maybe just because I'm a, a, a quasi-rising celebrity of some sort. And at first it was terrible until I realized, wow, they're helping me. Why would there be hate sites about somebody who's insignificant? Right. And I realized that if you, if you search Tom Cruise hate sites, there's a whole bunch that come up. Search Whoopi Goldberg hate sites, a whole bunch come up. And I realized, wow, I'm sort of in a small way, moving in that same direction, because why are there hate sites about Tom Cruise? Because he's somebody. And so I think a lot, that's a, that would be a lot of lesson from the Internet, too. People need to realize, after I was asked, I have a, somebody said, I have a, a video of mine where it's not the greatest performance, but I don't have anything on YouTube. Should I put that up there? And I told them, it, it, I don't think it could necessarily hurt uh, yes, there are going to be people who, if it is really that bad, they're going to get criticized, but look what happened with Rebecca Black. Clearly, it doesn't matter if what you put up is bad, as long as there are enough people who watch it and, and feel strongly enough about it to write something. I'm honored when people on my YouTube video said something like, you suck. <laughs> or Because, you know, wow, you, I suck so bad that you wanted to, you actually took the time to write that? Uh, well, obviously, I mean, that's like, wow. I mean, that, that's, 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 that's you acknowledge I exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. It's like, well, if, if I were insignificant, they wouldn't even say anything, and yet the comments keep coming. Some good, some bad, some indifferent. I'm grateful Monroe, for them all. Monroe, I want to ask you one question. I said, so, and you can you can add on this. So the worst thing that could happen to you is if, if 
you know, what, what they're going to, what are we going to do? You know, you, you got the schools coming out. You got the music come, getting kicked out the schools. They don't want music in the school. So now you got these iPods, and you got this Apple Store, and you got all the technology. Where are we going? What, what, do you, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think? What's your take on it? I don't profess myself an expert on the on, on the where technology is going with music, or but I, as an opinion, as a musician and someone who's involved with making music in the business and a marketing guy, I mean it's it seems clear that things are going far more independent, and I do think I think more and more platforms are evolving for the independent artists than ever before. For like there's a website called Django.com, which is a way to, it's basically, it's sort of like Pandora, but for independent artists where you can, and you can get your music out on there. And I, I just think all of the, the, the major record labels are going to, I think at some point things are going to start to merge between the, the record labels and what's going like the wild west of the internet, because all these record labels are going to have to, catch up with, with what's going on with uh, <clears throat> with the unlimited possibility that is on the internet. I, in terms of the money making, I don't know, because that is weird. It used to be you used to make money off of the albums, and now the big thing is no one makes money off of the albums anymore. It's, it's based off the merchandise or the touring. And uh, I'm an entertainment attorney, and one of the big things is called a 360 deal in music now, and it's basically when you sign to a record label, you're signing away 360 degrees of your career. Basically, they they get wow. a portion of your ma- they do your manager, they get your touring, they get touring fees, they get when they when you sell merchandise, they get a portion of that. When when if you do a movie deal, they get a portion of that, and uh, and they've incorporated this now because just having an actual record deal where they're making money off the record itself just isn't profitable anymore. So. Yeah. In conclusion, I have absolutely no idea. Okay. <laughs> is, is, is that is is now? Is that because you know I'm seeing like Madonna and Garth Brooks sign with these Target stores and Walmart? Is that part of where things are going when you say 360 deals when these big huge artists sign with these corporate companies that aren't necessarily record companies? Best Buy, Microsoft. I mean, I can see iTunes becoming a label. I, yeah, the, the answer is absolutely. That's exa- and again, this is all because of the the internet. You know, Best Buy ten, fifteen years ago would never thought to get into the music business, but now they have like live at Best Buy and they live out their own albums. When you go to Starbucks, there's always a disc that's produced by Starbucks. And I th- again, technology has just made things made things easier. And, and and like I said, easier from a production and distribution standpoint. I think that's where the record labels are, are going to have to revamp things because now everybody and their brother, including Microsoft, Starbucks, and Best Buy, are becoming record labels. And yeah, so right, the right, competition right, right. for everyone, it's not, it's not just the independent artist that needs to step up the marketing. It's, it's even the big dogs have to step up the marketing because now they're competing with hundreds and hundreds of little guys who, who are able to produce something of similar quality. And, and just remember right, right. that place... Remember that the record labels and the film studios are not the only distributors. I mean, Pepsi's a distributor. They bring they bring the product to the marketplace, and and the same thing with like as you said with Starbucks, where 
they get their deliveries of the coffee beans and everything into their stores. They get deliveries of CDs and DVDs. <clears throat> Absolutely. It's a, it's a brave new world, and I'm just seeing how technology is changing. It's just changing more and more rapidly, faster and faster and faster every single month. It is just ferocious. I, that's why it's hard to say where's the... It, in, in, in a year from now, the whole landscape could be completely different by some innovation. Things are just changing so rapidly. It's, it's kind of hard. To, the only thing that I could predict about the future of the music business and, and technology and show business in, is that literally in six months, there's gonna be, it's, go, it's, it's so changing so fast, I don't think anybody can predict really where it's going because there's going to be some okay. wild innovation. That like if we were to chat in six months or a year, I guarantee you'd be asking me, whoa, what do you think about this, which just came on the scene? Boom. Think about that, Pandora. When did, when did that come out? It was only about two years ago, I think. And that was right. a big, big revolution, and that spawned different things from there. And now there's the iPad 2 that, wow, I mean, that thing is just taking off like a rocket. And in six months, right. there's going to be something else. And, and apparently and, uh, the next big thing are music lockers. I know Google is what? Put out this, where where you where you can use remote access to to store all of your music rather than on your hard drive. And I know that the record. I know Google just announced theirs. Apple is rumored to be debuting one later this year, and the record labels and their lawyers apparently are ready to say that 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 it's illegal. But so we'll see if this is what's going to. The idea that I don't actually need to plug my iPhone into a computer to sync with iTunes is something that I think would be it's appealing to me. I'm sure it'd be appealing to many other people. It's just the legal ramifications behind it. Absolutely. Like I said, guys, it's, things are changing, changing fast. Excellent. Yeah. Right, thank you so much for joining us today. It's definitely we, we went through a lot of amazing things and. Ken, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for having you. me. I, I appreciate um, uh, be, being reacquainted with you, Ian, and, and meeting you, Jay. And I uh, hope to come on again, again soon. I just say again, again, I, twice. Isn't that like a weird? Yeah. Well, you just said again, again. I know. I said again, again. So we <laughs> might need to bring you on. We might need to bring you on as a consultant every now and then because you have a wealth of information. So we want you again and again and again. So that's wonderful that you want to share, share information. Absolutely. Thank you very much, guys, and uh, enjoy sunny California. And, and uh, I think I'm going to go out and grab a bite to eat. Enjoy it. Okay, All right. Man. All right. You have a good day. Thank you, guys. Cheers. All right. Bye. Bye. That was Monroe Man, everyone. How was hey. that, Jay? Wow, well, he had information from every side, which is very... Absolutely, like on on a business level and just on the personal levels and on corporate and just obviously the big uncertainty of where music's going next, at least in terms of a business, in terms of getting it out there and just the whole idea about some other things. I just, just made me think of a movie that I didn't want to spoil where... Rebecca Black thing and just his view just seems so to connect that so much. So Jay, we're running out of time. That means I think you have a question for me. 
Yes, in what is your treasure? Dot net. Dot net. <laughs> That's my treasure. That, my treasure is the sun being out and being able to just go back outside and just enjoying the day as even though there's a lot that needs to be done, I'm just very lucky that I that I had my parents in my life, it was one of the strangest things because on Mother's Day there was this big trend on Facebook which I decided to follow where people took picture, put as their Facebook profile picture photos of themselves with their mother and I decided to join it and, and it, was, it was a very interesting thing because my mother died when I was young and and just like looking on Facebook, the next picture where Facebook now has on the profile page, like so you know where when you have those different where they show all that little mini photo gallery under your own picture on Facebook. Uh huh. So I have this yep. picture of myself as a child of my mother, and then almost immediately next to it, there was a picture of myself now along with my sister and my father who just turned seventy, and it was. It, it was a surreal moment just seeing my parents together on Facebook. And it was just, it, it, I just stopped for a second, and it was just this beautiful thing, just being able to connect my heritage of what my mother taught, what, what I learned from my mother as a child and the relationship I have with my family that's still here as well. Oh, that's, that's uh, I like that treasure. That's wonderful. <laughs> and how and and how about you, Jay? What is your treasure? Got it. Well, mine is actually just appreciating. I like yours. Appreciating our parents and uh and what we have here with our friends and family, and realizing that uh, you know it's it's fun it's fun to enjoy getting things and and material things. But life is also based on loving people, sharing with people, and communicating. And I just appreciate that, that we have this great communication here on our show with our audience, and uh, I appreciate people in my family. And my treasure today is just people, because people make the world go round. And whether you agree with them or you don't, you can still communicate with them. So that's my treasure, being able to communicate around the world. Beautiful, Jay. Thank you, everyone, and we'll join you next week where we'll be having a big announcement. That will be next Wednesday at 3 p.m. here on Parents Kids Music. Thank you once again, Jay. Thank you, <laughs> And thank you to Monroe. Thank you, everyone, and have an excellent day. Wonderful. All right.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.